This is a horror podcast. It exists to provoke and alarm and unnerve. None of us will judge you if you turn away. But if you wish to proceed, it's your choice. Yours and yours alone. There is no God. Love is impossible. There is no escape from a cold, uncaring universe. Love is a lie. God is your enemy. Down below the reservoir, something stirs. Down below the reservoir, something stirs. We're the only ones who can do this. There is a strength in that. Episode 6. High five, Danny O.C. (coughs) Oh, God. God, get out. Get out. Save yourself. Get out. The fucking car's on fire. It's on fire. He put his hand on my shoulder and and, and he he started shoving me. I think I'd hit my head on the dashboard or on the steering wheel or something. I, I wasn't thinking right. I know I kept asking him stupid things like, like, how are your legs? Are your legs all right? They're trapped, Jimmy. They're fucking trapped. I'm done for. I'm fucking done for. I remember saying, should I have a go at pulling them out for you? I think the smoke and the swelling in me head was having an effect on me by then. But he kept shoving me and thumping me on the shoulder and, and pushing me into the door and shouting, the fire, the fucking fire, get out. And then the door swung over open and I was lying on the tarmac and everyone was looking at me and the burning car and the big mess we made and uh, I looked at him in the seat and the fire was up around his head and black smoke was pouring out the windscreen and he looked at me and I looked at him and he says he he says run Jimmy and then the car blew up And that was the end of my friend, Daniel O'Connell, 1775 to 1847 stroke 2016. Okay, okay, I'll I'll start the beginning. They had me sweeping up fags or piss or something outside the back door of Wimpers and I couldn't get the pan and brush to pick up the butts properly so I I was on me knees gathering them by hand and I must have gotten something in me eyes because tears were rolling out of them too. And that's when I first saw him. Daniel O'Connell. I I looked up and there he was, like off the £20 pound note, back when we we, we had the £20 pound note. Uh, He had a big mop of black curly hair and he had on a a long leather jacket and cool jeans. (laughs) He was smoking a cigarette and grinning at me. So... What do you do round here for kicks? (laughs) He had one of those celebrity voices. I think I said something like, I like your cool jeans, but I should have said something better, I know, but... Dear, I got these when I was over in London in 17-something and something. Citation needed. And he laughed. Ha 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 That was how he laughed. <laughs> and he took a long drag on his cigarette and blew the smoke down into my face. <coughs> I, I coughed loads. And when I could look up again, he was brushing his hair behind his ears and grinning. I'm Danny O'Connell, liberator of Ireland. 
I'm the fucking emancipator. And I said, I'm Jimmy, but I don't have a nickname. And and we shook hands, and he helped me up off the ground, and he gave me a cigarette to hold. Do you work here? And he looked round the door, into the bit behind the bar I wasn't ever supposed to go into. I said, no, 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 Da is in at the bar, and I, I aim to wait out here, and not go anywhere, and make myself useful if I could. Is that so? And before I could get in his way, he was through the door, and I didn't know what to do. I wasn't supposed to leave this spot, and and I was supposed to stay out of trouble, and that was the part of the bar I wasn't ever supposed to go into. But then he was running past me, knocking over stools, with a cigarette glowing in his mouth, and a bottle under each arm. I heard a bellow from inside whimpers. Da! And in one of his moods, too. And Danny shouted from across the car park. Come on, Jimmy, you piece of shit, get moving! And I made up my mind and I got moving. I didn't dare look behind me. I could hear Dad growling and falling over the stools. As I ran, Danny shouted. Go on, turn around, give your old man the fingers. Go on, Jimmy, fucking live a little. Give him the fingers. And I did. I did. (laughs) (laughs) Laughed Danny, that was how he laughed And we high-fived as we ran We were best friends from that day on We would do loads of things, Daniel O'Connell and me We'd leave the boring village and go off down the fields And he'd let me have a go with his knife And he'd teach me how to smoke Though I wasn't much good And I kept coughing and dropping his cigarettes And starting fires in the grass Once he even let me try on his cool jeans But it felt a bit strange and we didn't do that again Danny knew all sorts of things. He was great. He knew about knots and records and how to play poker and five-card Doris. And he could do wheelies for nearly a minute on me bike. And he knew about girls. Danny. Aye, yep. Um, you know, girls. (laughs) Yeah. Have you ever... Um, have you ever uh, kissed them? Of course I've fucking kissed them. I've kissed loads. And and one of them even let me put my hand on her chest. Citation needed. But, but, but how? Easy, Jimmy. You just have to show them the goods. The, the goods? The goods! Come on, uh, make room. Watch this biz. And while he showed me his dancing, I'd have another go at smoking. <coughs> wow, wow, Danny, you you can really move. That's what they say. Uh, who? The girls, Jimmy. Uh-oh. Often, though, we just go up to the monument in the graveyard and sit there under Jesus eating chips. I, I really liked it there. Watching the traffic whiz by and looking out at the two white sheep and the one black sheep in the field across the road beside the school. They seemed happy. And Danny was always full of stories. Jimmy, did you know? Yeah? 
Once, when I was training as a stuntman, the dojo of Okinawa, I got into this big fight with a cyclist, yeah? And I used my torture palm right on his hip. Pachow! Ayee! And three supermodels saw me and were so impressed that we all went off on a balloon together. That was in 1828. Fucking great times, Jimmy. Fucking great times. But they weren't. Not always. You don't have to. You know, you don't have to listen to your dad. Not all the time. And if he comes at you again in one of his moods, you're to run and you're to hide. Do you understand me, Jimmy? Yeah. It's not your fault. Not all the time. You don't have to lie there and just take it. It's not right. It's not right. And other times, Danny would get furious, especially if we'd gotten our hands on some schnapps. He'd smoke his cigarette in that furious way he had, and he'd look up at the monument, look up at Jesus nailed up there. I don't know why, but it would make him very cross. Smug fucking prick. Fucking prick up there on the cross. Looking down on us, thinking he's the fucking bee's knees, just because he knows he can just die and come back smiling and we'll bow and scrape and tug our fucking forelocks. Yeah, yeah. Well, not me. I'm not going to. No, 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 of course not, Danny. Didn't I sink the HMS Thunderchild? Didn't I ruin that wedding in Carlo? I never asked him to die for my sins. I never fucking asked him. And he jumped to his feet and pointed his finger up into the statue's face and his voice got a low and serious. I remember what he said to me. I'll wipe that grin off his fucking face if it's the last thing I fucking do. I never liked it when he got like that. I looked down at my chips getting wet from the weather and said something like, we, we can't take down the monument because everyone in the village paid good money for it and it was only last year they had it painted all yellow. So he looked at me. Fuck the monument. Fuck the people. Fuck them in the eye and in the ear and in the fucking mouth. And when they think the fucking is over and they're thanking me for not fucking them anymore, I'll fuck them in the mouth again. Just to show them. Just to fucking show them. I could never curse like that if I tried. We'll show them. Everyone in this fucking hole of a town. Looking at us. Noses in the air. Mouths like cats' arses. I'm the emancipator, Jimmy. The emancipator. And he stubbed out his cigarette on Jesus' leg. So, that was the plan. We'd show them. We'd show them all. Even if I didn't want to. Didn't want to at all. Danny's first plan. Tonight, my friend, when everyone in town is fast asleep, like the pricks they are, we are going up to the graveyard and we're going to write some choice words on the chest of our Lord. We are? I've already measured the statue and I'm sure I can fit at least three swears on if I'm neat and I write bollocks instead of bollocks. Oh, um, good. <laughs> That'll shock the squares in the village. That'll shake up their word good and proper. Yeah. Until tonight, so. The night came. 
We'd, we'd gotten some blue paint out of the garage, and since we couldn't find brushes, we'd use the end of a rolled-up newspaper. We'd worked it out so that Danny could sit on my shoulders, and I'd hold the paint, and, and, and he the newspaper. Danny, how many... How many swears is that? You're, you're heavy. Nearly done. That's ball... X. Bollocks. There we go. But then some light shone on us, and I dropped the paint in fright. And Danny said, Fucking leg it. So I did, and we ran off, high-fiving, Danny laughing. <laughs> Take that, you fucking squares. <laughs> but it rained that night, and Danny had been a bit sloppy anyway. You couldn't make out the C-word at all, and nips got all runny. Another shower fed at lunchtime, and after that she'd never have known anything had been painted on Jesus at all. Danny got quiet. He was planning what we'd do next. We'll put a bra on Christ. Easy. I've had loads of experience with bras. Citation needed. Can you imagine, Jimmy? They'll come out of mass or out of the shops, all the stuffy bastards in this village, and they look out over the monument and what'll they see? They'll see a lovely silky number spread across the chest of their lord. And their world will crumble down around their shoulders. I'm not sure, Danny. Don't you think... Might we be going just a, a little too far? No, it's perfect, Jimmy. No rain will wash that away. It'll be there to stay. We'll make our mark on this stinking town, just you wait. But it didn't work out that way. We got into the back garden next door all right, and we got the bra off the line. That was easier than I thought it was going to be. And Danny let me hold it for a while. It felt... Lovely. Soft. But we had to put the bra on during the day. If we tried at night, Danny wouldn't be able to to see what he was doing. Bras are tricky. But it it was worse than that. We'd forgotten Jesus was hanging on a cross and was a bit bigger than Sandra next door anyway, and we, we couldn't get the bra to close properly. Fucking clasp. Fucking close, you piece of shit. People are looking. People are looking, Danny. Uh, take off your belt. Give it up to me. I'll use that. What? It'll work. It'll work. It didn't work. And then I saw Da running across the graveyard. They must have told him what we were up to and got him out of whimpers. I watched him get bigger and, and if Danny hadn't pushed me and pushed me. Jesus, Jimmy, come on, come on. I would have just stood there waiting for him. Split up. I ran down the street with the bra flapping in my hand and I was running as fast as I could and my trousers came down and I couldn't stop to do them up in case Da caught me and I was crying. I couldn't stop crying. I couldn't stop crying. And everyone was laughing. Everyone was pointing at me and laughing. Everyone. That's when I said, yes. That's when I agreed to help Danny steal the car. Dr. Proofwood's car was sitting outside the funeral home. Hot wiring cars. Piece of piss, Jimmy. My uncle showed me how to do that in like the 19th century or something. And the car was up and running. Promissory house. Watch yourself, missus. The fire station in Supple Hall. Whoa, fuck. And in through the gates, the grave. I think we went wrong when Danny swerved by the hearse and clipped the headstone. Going up on two wheels, we turned, and then... 
we weren't supposed to hit the monument that hard. When I woke up again, Danny was laughing. There was blood in his teeth, but he kept laughing. (laughs) Oh, they'll remember this. They'll remember this forever. And he held it up. Jesus' head come clean off and through the windscreen. Danny smiled at me, gave me a high five. Ow! It it hurt a bit. We did it, Jimmy. We did it. We showed this town. We showed your da. Then his smile went strange and he said, Do you smell smoke? And that was when I started the story earlier. I, I, I don't know what else to tell you. No, no, I'm not lying. I'm telling you the truth. O'Connell, Daniel O'Connell. That all happened. That's all what happened. Why would I lie? Check the car again. He's in there. Will will you let me go? Let me go, please. My hands are all swelled up from handcuffs. I, I don't know what else to tell you. He's... Is my da here? Please, Garda. Oh, 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 please, no. Da, da, they're hurting me, da. Da, they're hurting me, da. And down below the reservoir, something stirs. Down Below the Reservoir is written by Graeme Tugwell and performed by Sarah Maria Griffin, Dave Rudden, Deirdre Sullivan and Graeme Tugwell. Story originally adapted by Sinead O'Brien. This podcast is recorded and sound designed at Displace Studios Dublin and produced by Rebecca Gimblet. Down Below the Reservoir is a work of fiction and any resemblance to places or people living or dead is purely coincidental. A new episode of Down Below the Reservoir is available every two weeks through iTunes, Stitcher and Google Play and at downbelowthereservoir.com where you can find links to our Facebook, Twitter and our Patreon crowdfunding campaign. Only through your support and donations is Down Below the Reservoir made possible. Join us. And remember, everyone drinks the water here.